You're listening to Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. So thank you so much for st- uh, staying with us. So we are talking about why it's important for organizations, companies, small businesses to really adopt the sustainable development goals set out by the UN. Tom Fels is the CEO of Anamarin, an executive advisor and a global transformation travel council ambassador as well. Tom, thank you so much for being with us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Pamela, and good day to your listeners. Why is it important for, for organizations to adopt the sustainable development goals set out by the UN? Well, I think, Pamela, um, if you look at the macroeconomic climate of what's happening in the world, the sustainable development goals really ground ourselves in the reality of what our big challenges are, uh, both economically, socially, and environmentally going forwards. And they, they, they cast a vision towards 2030. Now, if you think of market opportunities and capitalism, you naturally know that if you can solve a great challenge of our time with a smart solution, mm. there's going to be enormous economic benefit to doing that for yourself, and uh, I would hope also great benefit to you know the challenge, uh, the challenges that people are facing out in the world today. Mm. You know, for for small companies, cash flow is always a problem, and and one sometimes gets the sense that companies delay the adoption of sustainable goals because they're just trying to survive each day. That's a very relevant comment, and actually it's a point that I, I love to, to make, which is when one thinks about sustainability, it's almost left to the realms of either governments mm. or NGOs or large corporates to solve. But actually, I think what I describe as a missing middle in our economy is that small and medium business owners have the power to make incremental changes to create an overall positive impact. So I agree with you. There are serious economic realities facing business owners today, but it also falls upon us to think about, and we've seen this through COVID, how businesses have been ravaged by you know, economic uncertainty mm-hmm. and you know, staff losing their jobs. How can we look forward and say, if we we're going to push a reset button now, how can we be better for, for all going forward and not just profit seek? So yes, business continuity is super important, but when we emerge from this post-COVID era, how is business going to be serving a broader swathes of society and, and lifting all boats? They, they can start small, can't they, Tom? Um, because some of them think, you know, you, you have to do these massive things for and, and change the entire organization and structure to, to start dealing with sustainable development goals. But you can start small as a business. And in fact, you can start with things that will directly impact on your revenue. A hundred percent. And if you, if you, you know, I'm going to take a really practical example. You could change your light bulbs to LEDs, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then suddenly you're going to have power saving. You could put energy efficient water, uh, you know, flow onto your taps. Yeah. That's a very, very tiny you know, aspect of, uh, you know, water and energy management. But at the same time, it still uh, complements your awareness of commitment to and pursuit of supporting development goals uh, because water and electricity we know are going to be continuing challenges in our uh, in, in our country but also around the world part of the solution can just be also just communicating with your people that you work with internally about why it's important to adopt them so if a running tap is the order of the day and nobody actually thinks it's important to switch it off just communicating how important this is, not only for yourselves, but if for everybody, you may find that you may find some, some really small little gains there. 
Well, what I fully agree with you, and I think what might also emerge are some really innovative ideas that your own staff can bring mm. to the table mm. in either things that they've heard of or, or have adopted at home. Mm. And suddenly the sustainability commitment becomes a shared commitment uh, and innovation becomes the order of the day. Mm. So I entirely agree that education is needed um, and it starts with awareness, of course. Um, and then contextualization for the kind of mm. position you might be in as a business. You know, there's there's large corporates doing incredible amounts of good, mm-hmm. um, and they have the resources to do so. But at the same time, each small business can make, you know, really accessible contributions by just making some small choice changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, how important is collaboration? So a business in a precinct, for instance, where, you know, as a, a team, you collaborate with your neighbor and, and do things together. Well, the social aspect of this is incredibly important. And because there are global goals, it's not just you and your neighbor, but actually it's neighbors around the world all contributing little pieces towards global challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the thought of sort of competing for clients, but collaborating mm. for continuity. Mm. And, and I, you know, in my previous role when I led a, a conservation tourism business, of course, we're competing for guests. Mm-hmm. But actually a number of competitors in the marketplace had the sustainability and conservation teams coming together to create benchmarks, mm-hmm. to establish best practice, mm-hmm. and to share that knowledge. Because you know, if we can save large areas for conservation in Africa, then we're doing an incredible thing for the environment. Mm-hmm. We, you know, there's replication and value because guests are come, coming. We, we're supporting local communities through, through employment and so on. So it was a virtuous cycle, and, and there was no hesitancy on the part of those competitors, mm-hmm. in inverted commas, to come together to share that IP. And I think that's the power of the, the Sustainable Development Goals. Is you can actually motivate businesses who otherwise wouldn't be collaborating mm-hmm. to, to create new solutions. And we see this also in fashion a lot. Mm. Adidas working with, you know, a Patagonia or a Chanel even to sort of open up their sustainable, uh, their sustainable supply chain um, to think of new ways to build, you know, build up materials and fabrics and so on. And so within industry, we are seeing globally quite a lot of collaboration, which is very encouraging. And again, I suppose the encouragement beyond that is to say, how can smaller businesses start to think like that and, and be more socially kind of connected to their peers? Thomas, is our challenge the fact that we don't share enough of these stories where it does work? Because I I imagine if, you know, it's working in, I don't know, the Western Cape, the people in maybe in Bumalanga may want to adopt something similar, even if it's on a small scale. Are we not communicating the benefits enough? Yeah, the platform for awareness is incredibly small, Mm. uh, unfortunately. And and I look at Nordic countries and so on, Mm. where they feel so so advanced in this area that it's almost just commonplace that people understand and Mm. know that these alternatives are available to them and the commitments are there. So I think awareness is the first challenge. Education is the second. And there's nothing more inspiring than great storytelling Mm. to make people think differently about how their own contributions can affect change. And so... I think storytelling is a huge component of it, and even speaking to you today is one aspect of trying to get the word out there. 
how are we going to link up? Because often this conversation seems uh, to be a very elitist conversation. That's how it's perceived. Not that it is, but that's how sometimes it's perceived. How are we going to bring into the fold those who are really, really impoverished to see the benefit of being partners in this? Or, I mean, it's not their responsibility alone. I think it's vice versa. How are we going to make sure that everybody buys into this and sees how it can benefit all of us? I think it's got to be a connected ecosystem. And I say that in respect of thinking about private sector, mm. civil society, government, NGOs, etc., all coming together. Because if you think of a, a value chain, you know, the government provides a, a very wide framework for, within which we, we work. You know, private sector working with NGOs into communities becomes very powerful. And it's not about aid, in inverted commas. Often it is, we know that. But how can we create sustainable value by involving people, mm. supporting and building capacity for them, educating and empowering them. I saw a wonderful example uh, to somewhere, I think, in, in West or North Africa, where this entire town, might even have been India, where this entire this sort of shanty town was, was always dark because everything was built so closely together and someone had mm. a really innovative idea of filling Coke bottles with water, putting a dose of chlorine in and cutting a hole in the roof. And suddenly that acted like a free solar light. Wow. And it brought light to all of these, you know, these people who otherwise almost had to sort of switch a light on or find a candle mm. just to be able to read something in, you know, in, their, in their own homes. Mm. And so such a simple solution that's almost free and addresses the problem we have with, with plastics mm-hmm. um, is, is, is now also creating employment. Mm-hmm. So isn't that crazy? You know, you think you're solving the plastic crisis, you, you're... Um, creating employment, mm. and you're solving a challenge that people have in the community. And I think that kind of innovative thinking brought together with the right kind of funding and enablement is incredibly powerful. Uh, and again, there's so many people who are living in communities who have challenges that, to be honest, the formal sector doesn't understand. Thanks, Tom. Really uh, lovely things to, to think about there. Tom Fells is the CEO of Anemarin, uh, Anemarum. I beg your pardon, Anemarum. He's the executive advisor there on the Global Transformation Travel Council as well. It's two o'clock. Let me go to Leander Moment.